If we trace negative feelings back to their origin, we end back at the mad, bad, sad, or scared feelings that showed up when humans first sinned. The ongoing presence of these negatively charged emotions contribute to ongoing stress, stunt the healthy body-brain connection, and negatively affect our bodies, particularly our immune systems. We feel before we think. Before we were old enough to use our thoughts to connect words to form sentences about our needs, we had emotions, feelings, and a felt sense. This may help explain why some people turn to food when flooded with emotions. We are inclined to do our feelings before we think about them. Our experience of pain is tightly intertwined with an emotion. In fact, research shows it's possible for a baby to experience pain in utero, which means people can experience pain long before they have the words to explain what they are feeling. I like to refer to mad, bad, sad, and scared as the four war horses of our emotions. They are trained to keep us alive and safe. They hear the battle cry, our amygdala, then swiftly show up to sweep us off our feet. They scoop us up, throw us on their backs, galloping toward our hideout or charging the front lines so we can confront any threat head on. The four horses never show up to take us on a leisurely horseback ride down by the stream when we are in pain unless we've trained them to do so. Hey, Revelation Wellness friends. You just heard a sneak peek of Elisa reading from her new book, The Body Revelation, which is available for pre-order right now. And when you order, you get access to the full audio read by Elisa before the book releases on June 13th. And you know what that means? You can press play on hope and begin to metabolize pain, banish shame, and connect to God with your whole self. I'm Aaron, one of the team members here at Revelation Wellness, and if you loved what you just heard, then you will love the Body Revelation season right here on the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Each week on Monday and Thursday, Elisa is taking you through the stages of metabolizing pain found in the Body Revelation. And today's teaching will walk you deeper into stage three to learn what it means to express your pain. Before you press play, be sure to swipe up on the show notes for the link to pre-order The Body Revelation and go get your audio today. Now, let's get ready to dive in. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to another Thursday Hangout Teaching Time with me. I'm Elisa. If it's our first time meeting, thanks for being here. Uh, You're jumping into a six-part teaching. We've been talking about metabolizing pain on Mondays we do the revving the word. So um, we encourage you to just go for a walk, move your body, put on some shoes, walking shoes, hiking shoes, biking shoes. I don't know. Just go for a walk, move your body and listen to that Monday episode. Uh, it's more of a really an expressive way to kind of get to some deeper thoughts that you might have or concerns or feelings uh, regarding your story, your personal story of triumph, tragedy, problems, possibilities, and ultimately can show up sometimes as pain. Uh, Written a book called The Body Revelation. You're 
Welcome to Go Get It. It's available right now for pre-order. We have some fun pre-order goodies as well as one of those being you get a, an early access to the audiobook. So you'll hear me reading the book to you. But what I wanted to do is in light of what we're learning in this season, thought we'd just do some high-level concepts on Monday, move our body, and walk through the six stages of metabolizing pain. So we are in stage three, and on Thursdays, I get to come and kind of back up what we were talking about. On Mondays, I don't get a lot of time to teach, although I do teach, because I want you to be just moving your body and, and kind of just letting things come up where today I want to put stuff into you, okay? All right, so I sure hope you go get the book. Again, swipe up on the show notes and you can pre-order now. If you're a fan of this ministry, if you've been blessed by it, it sure would help us a lot to help us get this message out that our bodies are good and some really trouble things happen to them. And it's not just a spiritual matter. When trouble comes, it actually becomes a biological matter too. And we need to be talking about this. We need to be talking about this in faith communities. We need to be talking about this in our family communities. We need to be talking about this in all the places. And I don't know, maybe you're like me growing up. No one taught me what to do with my disappointment. I learned to explode, just use my emotions as a way to feel better myself, but also knowing that didn't help others feel better. And as we've been learning, uh, stage one was talking about survival, just realizing that we all have a survival tendency. We all have survival uh, thoughts and ways to stay alive. And that's a good thing. Surviving is a good thing. God wants you to live, but we weren't made just to survive. So we dropped the pin on what causes pain. Pain is often caused by misplaced and misused desires. Desires are good, but when they're put in the wrong places or we elevate those desires above God, it causes pain. And so then we moved into stage two, which was about recognizing, and this is kind of where I stepped in, kind of say, hey, we have to recognize that pain isn't just something that's a soul matter. And when we have trouble in this world, it's also biological. It affects the organization and structure of your brain. So if you are someone who has tried to make change happen and you can't seem to make it happen or sustain it, I implore you, please get this book. <laughs> please get this book. This message is not taught often, and it definitely probably isn't getting taught so well in our faith communities. Our faith communities are getting better at talking about mental health, but we don't know how to talk about the body. So that's what this book is going to get to do because your body knows things, has been with you longer. And even before you had words to describe what you were feeling, your body was teaching you things. And for, it formed with you in your mother's womb. So we went into recognizing how this isn't just a spiritual matter. It's also a physical matter. Sin doesn't just affect our souls. It affects our bodies too. This stage now is called expressing. The word express means to convey a thought or feeling in words or gestures or conduct. To express means to convey a thought or feeling in words or gesture or conduct. I love that. God is love, you guys. His love could not be contained. This means that 
our God is an expressive God. To express is to convey a thought or feeling in words. When God said, let there be, that was him going, I am love and I'm not going to contain this within me anymore. I'm going to make a great love story of history. It's going to make history. And from that, our stories began. And God is not surprised by sin. Remember, he also created the enemy. He created Satan, knowing that Satan would become prideful and fall and turn away from God. And a legion of angels would go with him, which created the scene for this cosmic war we are in. And I know this sounds crazy, but friends, the world is going to offer you all kinds of theologies and philosophies about the world. But we have to remember, dust to dust, you're going to die. What then? We have to ask these bigger questions of, is there a God? How did I get here? What's the point? And there is a God and you matter and he wants you here and you are an expression of his love. Let us make God is expressive and what is in God wanted to make its way out of God. And so he created from nothing, everything that has been seen from faith because he is the substance of faith. He creates us. God is an expressive God and he made us to express, to convey or thought or a feeling in words or gestures or conduct. This is why he says, let us make man in our image what's going on in us, let's put that into them and then they will multiply that. They'll increase and multiply good because they are image bearers of me, of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, always in perfect community together, never lacking, wanted to express. And the fact that we can express means whatever is inside of us will make its way out of us. You ever heard this statement? If you want to know what's inside a person, bump into them. <laughs> bump into them. In other words, bump, aggravate, or push when they're not ready for it and see what comes out. Just like if I have a cup and there's something in it, if someone bumps into that cup, something's going to spill out. What's coming out? And I want you to know this, God is not surprised by what's going on inside of us. He actually wants us to know what's going on inside of us so that he can take away anything inside of us that does not belong there, that the world, our flesh, or sin through the generations has dumped into us and we just haven't had a chance to clean it out because often we're afraid to know what's in there. We cannot be afraid of our emotions, what we are containing. On page 96 of the body revelation, I, I talk about emotions and clinical psychologist, Paul Ekman termed six major emotions based on universal face expressions. So by the way, that's called embodied cognition. I can read what's going on with someone else based on their face and he, their face, the expressions that they make on their face. 
And these are emotions, energy in motion. Remember, your face is always telling a story. I say this a lot to my kids, fix your face, fix your face. I say it a lot to me, fix your face, Elisa, fix your face. So when I'm hearing bad news, I'm like, nope, fix your face because God is on the throne. <laughs> fix my face. So there are six emotions based on these universal face expressions, happiness, sadness, anger, fear, surprise, or disgust. I like to change these because I think it's easy to remember it this way. Ready? Mad, bad, sad, scared, joy, or surprise. Let me say those again. Mad, bad, sad, scared, joy, or su surprise. In the book, I talk about those six emotions being like six igloo coolers. You know, if you ever see in the Super Bowl and they have those big Gatorade coolers, just think about six big ones. And in, inside, they each have different flavors, different nutrients, uh, different elements inside of them based on whatever you want to have inside of you or, or drink of or partake of. Mad, bad, sad, scared, joy, or surprise. Let's talk about these real quick. I love this analogy because it kind of wraps up the six of them in a uh, kind of a see how they show up in your life. Mad, when you're mad, mad is fear's bodyguard because you're really afraid. So you send mad out to go fight. But mad is fear's bodyguard. And fear is the mask that sadness wears. So we can look afraid, but really, you take that mask off and we are sad. And what are we sad about? We're sad because we feel bad. At our core is our ease and our inability to feel bad because we did lose something we once had, guys. We were made for fellowship with God, to walk and talk with him in the cool of the day. We were made for unbroken fellowship with God, ongoing love, community, and connection with God. We were made for that. And by the way, that is hardwired in us. That didn't just disappear once sin entered the world. It's constantly in us. We know that we're made for more. And we also know we fall short of it over and over again. And so we have shame about it. But honestly, shame is a hard emotion to get in touch with. So mad, feeling sad, and feeling scared show up a lot more easier in our life. Fight, flight, freeze. Those show up easier. Sad, feeling mad, and feeling scared. Because we don't know about feeling bad. The thing about feeling bad, feeling guilt, or feeling wrong, we think we are wrong. It's just the fact that something went wrong and we all carry that in our core of who we are. And so it shows up like depression, sadness. It shows up like anxiety or fear of the future, which is just fear. And so we, we have to get big about it and get angry if we can, if we can express it that way. Otherwise, we just feel sad. But really, we know at the heart of it, we lost what we once had. And here's the thing about sad. Sad is sad. I talk about that in the book too. Like sad, there's no weaponry for sad. Sad is sad. And actually when someone gets to a state of sad, 
not knowing it's because they've lost connection with God. They feel bad about themselves. They feel wrong in the world. They feel like, what am I here for? Sad is sad. And God is near the brokenhearted. He's near those who feel crushed in spirit. So there's hope is what I want to say there. Adam and Eve carried shame on them and in them. Think about that. They knew they had lost something. That shame from the moment they were severed from the Garden of Eden, from God. Why? Because of sin and sin separates us from God because he's a holy God and because he loves us and he is pure love and pure redemption, he had to separate himself from us. And we want a God who says, I'm, I'm better and I'm going to need you to know the way and the way is through his son who he sent to redeem us. God's always in control, y'all. I mean, He's always at the center of it. This is why we can say all things are working them, themselves out towards good because God is good. And in his goodness and righteousness and pure heart and love, when we are thinking, feeling and choosing mad, bad, sad, and scared, he has to separate himself from us. Although yet because of the Holy Spirit, he still compels us and draws us back to him. But we can come back to him when we can recognize we were the ones who got it wrong, not him. And we can feel what we are feeling without doing negative things to ourselves or another. Emotions, feelings, and felt sense. Let's talk about these. In order, we got to express what's going on. To metabolize our pain, we have got to get back in touch with our emotions, our feelings, and a felt sense. Does your body feel like a problem to be solved? Do you feel stuck with your body trying to make the best of what you've been given? Are you still prone to getting stuck in the obsess and neglect cycle concerning your body? Friends, this is Elisa, and this is why I wrote my next book, The Body Revelation. In The Body Revelation, you will learn how to stop treating your body as a problem to be solved and learn how to engage with your body and God as part of the solution instead. This isn't a book just to be read. It's a book to be trained. Swipe up on the show notes now to pre-order your copy of The Body Revelation. Thanks for helping us share with the world that what's needed now on the earth is for each of us to walk with God and receive a body revelation. And now back to our show. Emotions feelings and felt sense. Let's talk about these in order. We got to express what's going on to metabolize our pain. We have got to get back in touch with our emotions, our feelings, and a felt sense. Emotions. These are things that are intrinsic. They're automatic. You just feel an emotion, mad, bad, sad, scared, joy, and surprise. Nobody prepares you for those. They come upon you. I call them like the horsemen. They just show up. You don't decide to go for a leisurely ride on your emotions. No, these show up mad, bad, sad, scared, joy, and surprise. They're intrinsic and they're automatic. But each one of those emotions, energy in motion, remember back to the first law of thermodynamics, we cannot change energy. We cannot create or destroy energy. We can only change it into something else or pass it on to someone else. Energy in motions, emotions, why we have to get in touch with what we are feeling if we have a chance at metabolizing our pain. So emotions are intrinsic, they're automatic, they just show up. You don't summons them. But what 
you do start to summons are feelings. Feelings are the many ways that one emotion can be expressed. So I can I can have the emotion of I'm angry, but I might be saying I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because so-and-so didn't turn in their work when I thought they would. And now I'm behind the gun. I'm frustrated with them, which really is I'm angry at them, but I'm feeling it as an emotion or a feeling in me as frustration or anger can look like, um, contempt. Anger can look like, um, just rebellion. Uh, I want to punch someone. I want to hurt someone. I, I want to be aggressive, right? There's a lot of feelings behind an emotion. Now felt sense. This is what does your body experience that is in touch with that feeling, which is coming from the emotion. Remember emotions are big. Feelings have a lot of color to mad can feel a lot of ways, sad can feel a lot of ways, hopeless, despair. The feelings create a felt sense in our body. We need to get more in touch with our felt sense. Right now, let me just ask you this. Take a moment, just relax. What do you sense in your body? I'm sitting in the most un uncomfortable chair on the windowsill in New York City getting this done. I feel a denseness in my uh, tailbone and it's being it's seating it because I'm sitting in this chair and it's just dense down there. I also think my low back's a little achy. Today I woke up and I had a felt sense in my body was Ooh, my limbs are tired. And I'm not just saying I'm tired. I could feel the dense and heavy of my legs. So the thought of even getting up and going to the gym, I was like, nope, today's not the day. The felt sense in my body is saying, you had a big day yesterday. I walked all over this city. <laughs> I did like 30,000 steps. No, today this body needs some rest. The felt sense of what our body is experiencing is super helpful and something that we've kind of very much lost touch with because what's in us will make its way out of us eventually. If it's an emotion, if it's a feeling or even a felt sense, what our body is experiencing, whatever is going on inside of us will make its way out of us. This is why Gabor Mate wrote the book. When the body says no, if you don't say no to some things because you're a people pleaser, eventually your body will say it for you. What is going on inside of you will eventually make its way out. And so it shows up in sickness and disease. If we are carrying these emotions inside of us, they're killing us, especially when they're those that are negative. Hurtful feelings are meant to be felt, not done. We have to feel the feelings, but not do the feelings. If we can't seem to change our reactions to an emotion, I would suggest, here's why. There's a fire alarm going off in your brain, interrupting your ability to respond reasonably. You have an overactive, hyper-aroused, hyper-vigilant limbic system. And as we learned in stage two, that can come from 
troubles, capital T, little t, and it also just comes, it's ongoing stress. It's actually not the troubles, it's the effect that these adverse moments bring in our life that if we don't know how to let things express and move out of us in a constructive way, they are internally destructive. And it'll change ongoing stress, thinking of the world in terms of, oh my gosh, it's so hard. People are hard. I'm the worst. Thinking in those destructive thoughts create destructive emotions inside of us. And that locks down your brain into that limbic area where your amygdala is always firing off this fire alarm. Trouble, trouble. It's an overactive, hyper-aroused, hyper-vigilant limbic system, which is good in moments of life or death-threatening moments, but not every bad thing happening to us is about to kill us. But if Satan, the enemy of our wellness of soul and body health, can keep the pain on our brain cycling and the trouble in our minds on constant loop, he's very happy to do so. Sometimes I feel like Satan just, he just gets the pain machine moving and walks away because our body's in survival state and not with higher reasoning and being able to respond to our emotions and not react with an emotion, but able to show up like a first responder with being compassionate towards ourself. Without that, we just continually feed into the cycle of fear and survival because that's what we do in survival mode. We survive, but it's all based on fear. Where perfect love, the love of God is here to cast out fear. So we have to extinguish the pain. What we need to do if we're like, okay, I'm not really great with my emotions. Maybe you're not even in touch with your emotions at all, by the way. That, that's also a response to just living in an overstressed state and living in this world in general right now. We're over-informed. We are overstretched. We are overstressed. We are overstimulated. We are overconnected. We have busy brains all the time, and that is feeding that limbic brain, that fight, flight, freeze, fire alarm is on full blast all the time, unless we know how to knock out the batteries in the fire alarm. And here's the simplest way to do that, to extinguish the pain. Ready? First thing, breathe. Inhale. Exhale. You feel that? Come on, try it again. If you don't feel it, pull the car over. Just take a moment. It's so crazy, y'all. It is true and proven. The quickest way to shift your state from one of fight, fight, freeze and just reacting to an emotion or a feeling and reacting to a thought, just being impulsive, the best way to do that, and it's with you all the time, is to take a breath. Stop fueling the fire. Take a breath. The Holy Spirit is the pneuma. It is the living water that comes in and extinguishes the fire. Now, not only do we have this fire alarm in our head, we also have fire in our body often. If you live in a loop of stress, and that's affecting your brain structure, then it's highly likely you turn to a lot of dopamine uh, 
releasing food, such as sugar. Processed foods and sugar, they feel good in the moment. When I'm stressed, I'm not craving a salad. I'm craving a glass of wine or I'm craving some chocolate, right? Of course I am because that will hit my uh, dopamine and my serotonin. I'm going to get a craving met and I'm going to feel good right away. And all that is doing, friends, is throwing fuel on the fire of inflammation that is not just in your limbic part of your brain or your brain itself, but also in your body. Too much sugar or processed foods in our diet feeds the fire of pain. But of course, it's the very thing I want when I am feeling emotional pain. This is why, friends, I feel very adamant emotional eating occurs. (laughs) It's a loop of pain. And we can get out of it. We can heal. In page 108 of the Body Revelation, I write this. When we ignore too much, or I'm sorry, when we ingest too much sugar, we allow chronic inflammation that fuels the fire of pain inside. When we eat more sugar than our bodies and brains need to function, we turn the fire of our metabolism from a controlled burn, like a furnace, into a forest fire, leaving us to wonder why we don't feel good as the inflammation ravages parts of our bodies. Chronic inflammation can cause, listen to these symptoms, if you have any of them, it could be connected to chronic inflammation. Joint pain, bloating, digestive issues, skin disorders like psoriasis or eczema, fatty liver, heart disease, high blood pressure, kidney damage, sexual impotence, poor sleep, and weight gain. Remember, it's Yes, it's the sugar, but look behind that. What is it behind the sugar? It's my emotion that I'm feeling and I just want the pain to go away. Too much sugar can also cause neuroinflammation. This means inflammation on the brain. So our body experiences brain in those symptoms I just uh, mentioned, but now our brain also experiences it as well. And it shows up like this, brain fog, mood and energy swings, anxiety, depression, lack of memory and attention, behavior consistent with attention deficit disorder or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Okay. Perhaps you know this already. I mean, I'm sure I'm not giving you some groundbreaking news that, hey, sugar isn't great for the body. And by the way, It's not that sugar is bad. It's too much sugar. You need some sugar in your diet. I address that in the book. We get more specific, but it's the too much. Too much of anything is destructive to us. That's what the Bible calls, it's idolatry. Good things are not bad. When we take good things though and replace them in a role that God wants to play, then it's destructive. So you probably already know that too much sugar is not great for you. And you've probably tried cutting these things back and cutting them down, but it doesn't stick. So what's missing? What's needed in order to metabolize our pain and shut off the four alarm fire that seems to trigger and our body and brain the moment discomfort or disruption to our safety occurs? What's needed? Ready, friends? I got three things for you. The first two, self-compassion and kindness. Self-compassion. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know, God stands here. He's like, don't be so hard on yourself. I didn't design you for that. Your body is not designed to take that type of punishment. Don't be so hard on yourself. 
And we tend to be hard on ourselves because someone who was supposed to be kind, soft, and safe with us wasn't. And they were hard on themselves. Again, passing down this energy of difficulty and trouble. I love Romans 2, 3 through 4 says this. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, knowing, listen, here it is, knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. In God's kindness, he makes a way. Repentance means a new way of life a new purpose for life. Repentance gives us access to a new way of life. It means to turn and go a new way. And that is the kindness of God. He doesn't stand there and scowl. He's not shaming you. Mad, bad, sad, and scared. He's made a way out. Turn towards him and in kindness come to him, knowing he's kind on you. You are his kind of kind. And here's the other thing I'd like to say when it comes to changing our life and thinking new things and wanting new things and doing new things. If it's not a kind thing, it's not from God and it won't sustain and it won't lead to new life. That's why extreme dieting or beating yourself into submission, these aren't kind. It'll work for short term, but it can't be sustained. Kindness is sustainable. Jesus, seated with the Father from the beginning of time, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, looked and saw us all like sheep without a shepherd and without hope. And Jesus was willing to be expressed. He put on flesh and came walking, eating, thinking, feeling, and doing things among us, even while being frustrated with us. Jesus had all the same emotions, feelings, and felt sense in his body like us, yet he lived without sin. He lived metabolizing his pain. How did he do this? This is my third point, third way out of this four-alarm fire. He was mindful. Jesus could be in the present moment without judgment. That's what it means to be mindful, means to be in a present moment, to be in a moment and without judgment. Here's the deal too. Jesus is the high judge. One day when your life is extinguished, you will stand before him and he will give account of your life. He is the final judge, but while he's here, while you have life and breath in your lungs, he isn't judging you. He's calling you. Be mindful of me. I love you. I expressed myself so much. I so loved you in the world that I came that you would have eternal life. Turn towards me. My kindness is reaching towards you, God says. Jesus was mindful. He could be in the present moment without judgment. His mind was not only full, not only was he mindful, his mind was full of the things of heaven. Yes, he came from heaven. He had an advantage. But we can have the things of heaven. In Ephesians, it says that we have every spiritual blessing. We have received every spiritual blessing and heavenly blessing that is in Christ. We have that. 
Jesus lived mindful of the Father and he did only what he saw the Father doing. So when he felt frustrated with the religious people, when he felt disappointed by his friends and disciples, when he felt rejected, spit upon, when he felt anger, I'm sure he, we know it, he flipped tables. No, he must have felt anger. He still lived without sin because he could metabolize his pain. He was focused on the love of the father and the father is filled with love and love drives out all mad, bad, sad, and scared. Jesus loves the hell out of us. And heaven knocks on the door of our heart and wants to get into our body and say, let me love you. Love lives here. God, come fill us with your love. Help us to live mindful of your love. So whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we are consciously aware of your love and presence that wants to love the hell out of us and the world. Fill us to the fullness of God. Lord, fill us to the fullness of yourself so that we can experience adversity at breakfast and be living in joy by lunch. You guys... We just scraped the surface. These are all practices that I'll be going more into in more depth in the book. And you also get the actual practices and links to the audio recordings to walk you through these concepts and let some space for the Holy Spirit come and talk to you. Because listen, I, I, I ain't your Holy Spirit. I'm just here passionately in love with God, hoping you would turn to him in his kindness and live a new life where your body hosts heaven all the time. Because what the world needs right now are safe, grounded, kind, and courageous followers of Jesus. And followers have feet. Thanks for hanging out with me and letting me fill you with all this. This stuff is burning inside of me. And thanks for ordering the book. Thank you for being a helper of this ministry and spreading the word that bad stuff happens to good bodies, but God is great. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.